Hello, this is Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. Sadly, a tornado ripped through Tennessee last night, killing 22 so far. Hundreds are unaccounted for, and there are nearly 200 hospitalized, and the reports of even more injured are coming in hourly. The monster storm tore down buildings and left a path of destruction through the city of Nashville that one report says goes four miles. It's horrific. It's heartbreaking. It's painful. But one thing I know, it's not. It is not the hand of God. In 2007, the Mississippi River Bridge, an eight-lane steel truss arch bridge in Minneapolis, collapsed, killing 13 people and injuring 145. It was a catastrophe that took days to untangle as survivors held on to their lives waiting to be rescued from the rubble. I'd call it a nightmare. John Piper's church and Desiring God Ministries are all very close, in very close proximity to the bridge. And the next day, John Piper wrote a blog. Piper writes, We prayed during our family devotions. Talitha, 11 years old, prayed earnestly for the families affected by the calamity. Talitha prayed, Please don't let anyone blame God for this but give thanks that they were saved. Piper goes on to say, When I sat on Talitha's bed at night and tucked her in, I said, You know, Talitha, that was a good prayer, because when people blame God for something, they're angry with Him, and they're saying that He has done something wrong. That's what blame means, accusing somebody of wrongdoing. But you and I know that God did not do anything wrong. God always does what is wise. And you and I know that God could have helped that bridge with one hand. Which means that God had a purpose for not holding up that bridge. And he is infinitely wise in all that he wills. Talitha said, maybe he let it fall because he wanted all the people of Minneapolis to fear him. And Piper says to his daughter, Yes, Talitha, I am sure that is one of the reasons God let that bridge fall. In Piper's award-winning book, Spectacular Sins, he writes, My aim is to show that spectacular sins do not just fail to nullify God's purposes, which is to glorify Christ, but they succeed by God's unfathomable providence in making his purpose come to pass here on earth. Piper's thesis is that the Bible is explicit, that wickedness exists for God's purpose. And if you think I'm exaggerating, the previous sentence is an exact quote from Piper. Wickedness exists for God's purposes. And then Piper quotes Proverbs 16.4 as evidence that the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked, for the day of trouble. But that's not exactly what Proverbs 16.4 says. In fact, according to Adam Clark's commentary, the verb used there is translated as dealt with. Clark translates Proverbs 16.4 this way, All the works of the Lord are for those who obey Him 
and the wicked things are reserved for the evil. Not quite the same thing, is it? And may I ask the question here? When did we start using the book of Proverbs for biblical doctrine and discipleship principles? I ask because everything I read about Proverbs and everything I see in Proverbs leads me to say we don't. Of course, all scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, but this is a clear misapplication of this verse. The NIV translates Proverbs 16.4 in this way, The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked, for their day of disaster, which fits very well with Romans 8.28 and is consistent with what we know of the God of the Bible. Let me say here clearly and boldly, it is never God's will for human beings to sin. Sin, by its very definition, means to disobey God. In Spectacular Sins, John Piper works hard to make a case that God is in control and therefore he actually ordains sin for his own purposes and brings about natural disasters as a judgment. On whom or for what reasons, Piper's never quite clear. I must say, I hate the title of Spectacular Sins. But more than just being a sloppily written and poorly researched book, I hate that it is based in a theology of God causing sin, chaos, and natural disaster. God is not the God of chaos. There's a saying, God is in control. It's a song we used to sing in church right along with Twyla Paris. But there's two issues here. God is in control of the life of the believer, and nothing passes to the believer that he does not allow. I get that. That's part of the all things. And yes, that's true. But what about the lives of the unbeliever? Or what about the faulty engineering of the Mississippi Bridge? Or the careless engineers in Boeing's feeble 737 MAX? Are you trying to tell me, John Piper, that God is in each abortion? every murder, and each time a child is molested? That's madness. God is not the ordaining force behind those hideous sins and crimes. Never. Here's what God is. He is the Redeemer. He has promised to rescue us from a sinful and fallen world. God didn't plan the world to be sinful, and He didn't create Adam to sin. He created Adam to choose. Adam had free will making Adam's fellowship with God non-robotic, but a choice and therefore real, authentic, and loving. Adam made a choice, a bad one, to sin, and through one man sin entered this world. Then God had a redemption plan, and Jesus volunteered to come and live a life of free will, but sinless and wholly obedient to God the Father. Satan said, I'll kill that man. And through others who made choices, Satan entered the hearts of men to kill the Son of God. Blameless, perfect, sinless, and completely God and man, Jesus gave his life freely and died on that cross. And what does that Bible tell us happened? He took on the sins of the world, all sins. Did God the Father look away as innocent Jesus died? 
We're not sure. Jesus did feel abandoned enough to cry out on the cross, Father, why have you forsaken me? And Habakkuk 1.13 says, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. But Scripture doesn't tell us specifically, and we cannot assume what is not written. But we do know God raised Jesus from the dead, and through that victory, Jesus now rules and reigns and intercedes at the right hand of the Father for us. God has promised to redeem us. God has promised to make us new creatures in Christ. And even in the Old Testament, with poor old Joseph having to face his disobedient and selfish brothers, he said, you meant it for evil, but God turned it for good. And that's how it works. We don't know what would have happened in the life of Joseph if his brothers had not sinned. God had a plan. He had a way of getting deliverance to Israel through Joseph. But it never included man's sin. Even the most horrible things in our lives can be turned for our good and used for God's glory. Not that he willed it, but surrendering it all to him, he takes a pile of garbage and filth and he turns it for his glory and for our good. So John Piper is completely and absolutely wrong. Sin is never God's will. It's never God's will for people to sin. However, however, he is able to take the worst violation committed by us and to us, and he's able to turn that for our good and for his glory. Piper believes without reservation that Adam's sin was planned for Christ's glory from the beginning, but that's not true. And in the bridge collapse, gusset plates were the wrong size. The engineers had used half-inch gusset plates instead of the full inch, and that caused the bridge to collapse. Boeing engineers, not paying attention to details, caused those planes to crash, and weather patterns in a crazy and fallen world caused last night's tornado and storms. None of these are orchestrated, designed, or ordained by God. The question where faith has to come in is why does God intervene sometimes and not others? And on that, we must wholly trust Him. We have confidence that He is a Redeemer God who turns all things for our good, according to Romans 8.28, and that He works in us to fulfill His good purposes, as in Philippians 2.13. Ephesians 1.11, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, He makes everything work out according to His plan for us. Corey Tim Boom used to put it this way, When we live without Christ, there's a world of chaos out there, and we are subject to a lot of bad people and bad things, and we are lost. But when we accept Christ as our Savior, we show up at the desk and we say, Here I am. May I please have God's plan for my life? And our file is retrieved, and God's plan for us is launched. Then we know that God is watching over us and keeping us and turning all those things for our good. We don't fear death, and we trust Him in all things. Faith comes out of our trust for Him, trust in Him, that He loves us and cares for us, even if His answer to our prayer is no. But that's not the same thing as blaming God for bridges collapsing, natural disasters, or heinous crimes committed by evil men. 
God doesn't orchestrate that. And to say that he does is contrary to everything we know of his nature and scripture. He's a good God and he's a loving redeemer. But as long as we live in a fallen and broken world, there will be bad things. But one day, Jesus will come and he will make all things new. And he promises to fix all the broken stuff. And I can hardly wait. So the next time tragedy strikes in your life or in this old world, and you hear someone say, must have been God's will. You look at them and you answer, no, that wasn't God's will. But he promised to use it for my good and his glory. You see, there's no such thing as spectacular sin. But there is such thing as a spectacular Savior. Well, that's it for today. This is Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. I hope you'll like me. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. And I hope you'll leave a comment. Because I need your feedback to know how, how this podcast is impacting your life. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy.